You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop, the show that's a little bit of everything with a K-Pop twist. Visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com for more information about the show. That's 17-C-A-R-A-T-K-P-O-P.weebly.com. Enjoy the show! Today's theme is basically, instead of doing my news recap at the beginning of the show, this time I'm going to be doing essentially a news newscap episode because there's a lot going on in the world of K-pop to uh, talk about as well as the the things we go deeper into the broader social implications of all of these changes that are happening right now in the K-pop industry and how they connect to the music music industry as a whole. So, we are going to be discussing that tonight. And first up, what we have to talk about though without like super deeper meaning but just in general, we have to have a re- start out with a really great update. So, Obviously, we got to talk about BTS. Um, before you ask, yes, I've seen the new Black Swan video. Um, no, I have not had time to rewatch it a million times and overanalyze it and theorize about it. And so we're going to talk about it again. We're going to talk about Black Swan again, but I'm not ready for that. So you're going to have to wait a while for that one. But I w- yes, I've seen it. It's great, um, as, all, as expected. Um, but BTS really has been winning with this new album. Um, you can check out the latest episode, available now everywhere, um, to catch up on that. If you did not, I give um, a lot of thoughts about the new album, Map of the Soul 7, and why it deserves all this credit. And so, where to begin? I really could do a whole hour-long episode just about the, the accomplishments this album has gotten, but, uh, I mean, there are so many, and just a few um, that stand out to me, so... Um, BTS is now officially the first Korean act to chart with at least 10 songs on the Hot 100 charts at once. Um, They're the fastest group since the Beatles to have four number one albums in the United States. The Beatles, it took them like 1968 to nine or 1966 to 1968. Um, So BTS is the fastest since their record with four number one albums. Um, They hit number one on the Aria charts, I believe, one or two. Um, they were listed as number seven, which is so meaningful, um, on the list of uh, global recording artists of 2019, so the ones who sold the most songs. Um, in terms of how fast their album sold, like a certain threshold of copies was sold faster than almost any album in history. They got second place. The first album is Adele's 25, fun fact. They uh, Their solo tracks as well have done really well. Uh, Inner Child, which is Taehyung's solo track, is now officially the BTS B-side track from their whole discography with the most number ones. Uh, Filter, which is Jimin's solo, got like a triple crown charted in US, UK, and Canada on the Billboard charts all at once, um, which is extra great because that's my favorite. Uh, Jungkook got um, number two in the US singles chart with My Time, um, which became the highest charting BTS solo on the Hot 100 charts. They, uh, the song On is 7th uh, on the Rolling Stones Top 100 chart. Again, with number 7, this feels like fate. Uh, their fourth number one album on the Billboard charts. I could probably go on and on, but the point is they are really swooping uh, in and just snatching all the awards with this album, and we love to see it. So I have to play On again, obviously. I played it last time, but it is really fun and empowering, and we need to celebrate how exci- how much success this album has had. So here's on, and then we're gonna get to the next news story. And uh, wow, they're just they're they're really their success right now is incredible, um, as well as a lot of other artists worldwide in K-pop more than ever. So one of those next artists that we've got to talk about 
is Blackpink. The latest from Blackpink is that, first of all, they have reached a huge record. So their debut video for Boom Bya, which came out in 2016, now has 800 million views, um, and it is the fastest debut music video to ever hit 100 million views, and it just continued to get that upward trajectory. One of the many records they have broken as well. And so... Uh, what we need to talk about with them, the, the latest news is the non-news. It is basically the fact that, well, you know, go back to episode 5, I believe, if you want a, a reminder about why I, YG Entertainment sucks and they don't promote their artists well. And, you know, it's this is, yeah, this agency is really something else. But um, it has been especially prevalent now that it's weird how they promote Blackpink because from an outside perspective, especially if you're in the USA and you're not into K-pop, just like you, you probably are like, wow, they're doing really well because I've actually heard of them. And I've seen them on, um, you know, James Corden's show. I've seen them on Colbert. I've seen them perform uh, at Coachella. I've seen them all over. I've seen them on USA magazine covers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but that's not really the full story uh, because the lack of promotion compared to other K-pop groups worldwide. See, I guess what I'm saying is that the promotion is the same, but you would think that they are, like, they have released, like, at least 100 songs in their discography based on the amount of publicity they get. But what people, I don't think, realize... So, they debuted in 2016, so it's been four years, and they've released... I, uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm not, um, 13 original songs, um, and not including the Dua Lipa collab and not including any remixes. So 13 songs, their whole discography you could listen to in an hour and 50 minutes, that's less than, like, a full Migos album, uh, isn't it? It's, so less than two hours and you listen to their whole discography from four years. To put that in bigger context, in the K-pop world, you probably release about, I would say, twelve at the minimum, well, if you're a big group and you release two EPs a year on average, at least, you're releasing at least 12 songs a year. And you probably are releasing other things, like songs for TV show soundtracks and solo songs and etc, cetera, etc, cetera, other collabs and remixes. So the point is, like, let's say, just for this example, you do an average, a band is doing an average of, like, 20 songs a year they're releasing. So then they would have... 80 songs since 2016, like, between 2016 and now, right? They would have 80, um, yeah, they, they would have around 80 songs, and so for them to have 13, it's just, I feel so bad for them, because it's very weird to me, and, you know, I think about, um, I think a lot about, like, other stars in the USA as well, where, um, I mean, so many come to mind where, they, if you just see them, like you see them all over People Magazine, or you see them online, or you hear them talked about a lot, or you see them, you know, videos about them posted online a lot, whatever. If they seem like they're the talk of the town, it seems like, wow, there's a lot going on with them. They have like a bunch happening in their career right now, but that's not always the case. And I find that just very interesting, just more broadly, not just in K-pop, but when stars... Uh, you see them all over the place, and it's like, do they have a new book out? Do they have a new movie out? What, why do I see them everywhere? And sometimes it's it's like nothing. It's it, They're not doing anything new. It's just good management, I guess. But it's also, to me, not good management, because if I were famous, which I would never want to be, but if I was, I would not... Like, if I'm recognized for anything, I want it to be my work, not, 
you know, my outfit of the day or whatever. And that stuff's fun to know about too, but not at the expense of hearing about my craft. And so, yeah, I just feel bad. And I, it's very odd to me because it just shows why YG is really in a danger zone still profit wise. After all the scandals and, you know, YG team is just a mess. And so they're going to lose their spot in the big three. You know, they're big three K-pop companies, as we've discussed before, um, that bring in the most revenue and get the most press, etc. And YG's slipping away and getting replaced by Big Hit Entertainment, which is BTS's company. So in order to reclaim their throne, they are really going to have to do double time and really just, they need to... They're probably very, very, very profit-motivated right now, as if they ever were not. But you know what I mean, even more than usual. And so I wonder if, like, at the expense of... Because it costs a lot of money to record albums. So I wonder if they're they're giving up the... Um, they're not letting Blackpink release music because they want them to make more money that they can make on tours, and they can make at festival appearances, and they can make by doing cover shoots, etc. So I wonder if that's why, if it's financial... I don't otherwise know why they're not being they're not releasing new music. They continue to say they're going to come back, they're making a comeback, they're making a comeback, but this agency is like not giving us a timeline. They said they said like January they said like early 2020 and to me that should be like January and that didn't happen. Then they said March. Um now they're claiming it'll probably be pushed back more. And so it's just a mess and this has happened to them before. And I remember like the lawn at least for the K-pop world, long length of time between releases last time before the Kill This Love comeback. And before that, they were, like, really hyping it up finally after months and months of waiting, like, hey, finally they're going to release new music, and they got to release an EP, an EP with five songs, and the fifth one was a remix of their old hit. So it's like, come on, guys. What is this? So I feel like even after this long wait, the next release is going to be like an EP with like two original songs, like 40 remixes or something. I don't know. But it's it's just getting ridiculous. And so, it, yeah, it's frustrating. And especially if you're one of those artists, because imagine sending the same 13 songs for four years all over the world on your world tours and not just in concert, but in dance practice all day and music video filming in TV show performances, oh my gosh, I would go insane. Like, no matter how good your song is, I really don't see how you can enjoy it still after four years of singing. I, I just can't um, understand that. So that's what I'm wondering about, which is just, you know, I'm wondering why, again, their comeback has been pushed back. And because it seems like, my point is, like, I'm wondering from the outset, the artists that seem to make the most money for a company, it's interesting because, you, like, you don't know how. Like, some artists who make the most money in a company are doing it because of their music. But others, if um, it's more, like, about the amount of public appearances they are invited to. So it's just interesting, like, who's really, like, getting the press to give, like... How the how the company is? I'm very curious how the company is working behind the scenes to draw press attention to artists in in either their music or more on like their their looks or whatever. I don't know, but it's it, it's interesting, and we'll see what happens. Um, we got to talk a little bit mo- more about some unfair treatment. Um, with let's talk about X One and Eyes One. So we've talked at length before about the Produce One Hundred One variety, uh, X Factor esque kind of series. Not really like that, I guess, but it's a singing competition show. Um, that forms bands, and so um, we've talked a little bit before about this, but I never really got into more detail. So basically, 
I wanted to talk more about why X1 disbanded and Eyes 1 did not, because I find the re- my uh, my guesses for why um, I I have some guesses for why, and I'm I'm curious if they make any sense. So um, so X1 was a boy group on the boy version of Produce 101 that was formed. Um, they they actually had just debuted August of 2019, so they were they were not even together a full year, um, and they disbanded. Um, whereas Eyes One did not, and they've been together since October 2018. So if you don't remember from last time, the this Produce 101 show was under controversy because all these vote-rigging allegations came to light, and then people were finding the... Um, you know, the police were finding all this evidence of actual vote manipulation, which is legal there. You cannot uh, manipulate behind the scenes who wins and who goes which locations, like like how far you go in a competition show. So, um, you know, it, it's been quite a messy legal drama. But as we've talked about before, in, uh, in South Korea and a lot of cultures, really, um, there is this feeling of community-wide feelings and community-wide... Uh, reaction. So if you do something wrong, it's not just shame on you, it's shame put on everyone associated with you. And so this has been the way it um, it has resulted for this show. So it's kind of like, the not all press is good press there. Um, and so the show is not getting good press, it's getting shamed, and so people are like, I don't know if I want to support this group anymore, you, you were dishonest, etc, etc, you lost our trust. So you'd expect them both to disband. And it seemed like they were headed that way because when all these allegations came to light and the arrest warrants were issued, not that they were, they were denied, but still the arrest warrants were issued, um, it seemed like the both groups were just going to be on a hiatus forever because when a group says hiatus, you always wonder if it's really just breaking up. Um, and that turned out to be the case for X1, but not Eyes one So uh, why that is I want to talk about because I find it interesting. Um... First of all, I wondered if, well, is it really hard to um, keep a group together if there are more members because there are more clashes in personality and and plus it's just more money, you know, on outfits and on travel fees. Um, but no, because Eyes One has 12 members and X One only had 11. Um, is it about success levels? A little. We're going to get more into that. But really, I mean, X One already had 11 TV show wins, like the local... Um, not local, but uh, weekly, um, so like r- routine um, uh, performance variety shows uh, that the K-pop world has. Um, they, X1 already won 11 of those, which is, uh, I mean, if they debuted in August 2019, that's a lot already. Um, so it's not like they weren't popular there. They were even popular here. They're talked about all over the place. Um, so there's that, and then, you know, it's... Um, it's wondering about, well, do the group members want to keep going? It seems like they did, It's but it, I think it's more cohesive with Eyes One, I think, because, you know, there was this meeting, long story short, the meeting about the X1 members choosing to disband or not because of the reputation damage um, was a, basically a tie, four-voted yes, let's keep this group together, and four-voted no, and then the last one um, that was able to vote was, or yeah, I don't remember the exact particulars, but the uh, the last vote was ended up being like they viewed it as like you they like undecipherable, like they couldn't tell if they said yes or no. It's weird. I don't know, but they said one was like a weird ballot that they got rid of. Um, so I wonder if that was all for show, and really the company knew all along they would say no, we're not letting you go through. I don't know, but 
It's interesting. And I think I figured out the main reason why Eyes One is still together, even though it's been longer and they have more members, why they're still together, whereas X One disbanded. Um, I think it primarily comes down to um the again, the financial incentives of these companies because um when because you see on iTunes charts X1 is K-pop. That's what they're called genre-wise. We talked before about K-pop's really an industry, not a genre, but that's uh, beside the point for this conversation. Um, On iTunes, they're listed as K-pop. Eyes 1 is listed as K-pop and J-pop, and they are very popular in Japan. So it's very interesting because South Korea and Japan have quite a long um, tension-filled history, but Japan has a lot of K-pop fans, and I mean, a lot of K-pop stars go on dome tours in Japan. They're huge there. So, Eyes One is one of those groups that has really resonated with fans in Japan, and so I bet that's the big thing. I bet if X1 was more popular outside of South Korea, they would have stayed together. I really think that's the deciding factor, is how much a group seems to be able to expand its reach. Um, although both could have expanded the reach to the USA, I think, but have not tried to so far. Who did try to expand the reach to the USA was the Rose. Um, unfortunately, they are getting into some issues with their entertainment company. This is why we're going to have to do a whole episode another day about payment, because these artists do not get paid well. Um, their managers are very greedy. So, long story short, this small company called Jay and Star Company, um, manages the Rose, and the Rose have officially requested a a contract termination because um, they are supposed to get paid way more regularly than they have. They last got paid March 27th of 2019. They have not seen any money since then. Uh, One of the members somehow, I guess they're paid different amounts, and one of the members actually has a negative account balance now somehow, so someone took money out of his account or something. The managers have basically ripped them off, and so they are requesting a contract termination. They also uh, have have claimed that Jay and Star Company has not consulted with them about... um, about their schedule for 2020 and about what they will approve of and not approve of. So it's a very intense, ridiculous schedule. Um, They were required officially after this filing for contract termination to provide proof that they had paid the rose within 10 days and they did not. Um, So they are facing legal trouble, but they have, of course, denied everything. And their statement denying everything, in my opinion, just makes them look more guilty and is just, it, it lacks evidence to defend themselves. It's just like we did nothing wrong and the complete denial is, uh, I don't know, it doesn't look right to me. So we'll see how that plays out. It's, it's very disappointing, but unfortunately not common. And in the Western industry as well, um, you know, I like to always remind people it's not just like this trope about K-pop being a shady industry or anything. Um, I'm sure in the Western music scene, a lot of artists get ripped off by their contracts as well. Uh, so it, it's just a bummer situation. And all of these all these stories with Blackpink and Eyes One and versus X1 and The Rose, it's all really just interesting to think about how the groups dedicate themselves to management and how the management really just don't give them what they... It's weird. It's like they give the companies their all, but the companies still want more. It's very odd to me. Uh, I just could never be a manager if this is what you have to be like. <laughs> I don't get it. So yeah, it's a lot going on. But we, uh, one you know, one company that I could rant about more would be Starship Entertainment. But uh, that I've already done at length. Uh, so we're not going to do that again. Go to episode 10 for that. But 
Um, speaking of Starship Entertainment, we have to move on to some lighter news, which is about Monster X. So, this is huge. Uh, Monster X has also been doing super well in the charts. Their album, the All About Love album, their uh, the debut uh, all-English album from them, and the first all-English K-pop release in a decade, um, reached the top, hit the top five on the Billboard 200 charts, which is a huge accomplishment for them, especially coming from uh, an under the uh, little, not one of the big three companies, one that has less promo opportunities. That's huge. So yeah, and the top five on the Billboard 200 is huge. And the other day, the biggest news for me personally is that Hero, which isn't really technically a single, it kind of was because it got a dance video, but it wasn't really the official single of that era. So it's kind of a B-side, but it has reached 100 million views, uh, which is a huge milestone that we need to celebrate. And we also got to celebrate twice and txt well because txt has celebrated their one year anniversary as a band and twice has officially signed with republic records so twice and txt also well txt is also um signed into republic records in the usa now and that's the main point that basically ties everything i've talked about together is that i'm very curious what the future holds for k-pop stars because of how popular they are in america now because if they have these dual agencies where they're managed by someone like republic records in the usa and then they're managed by let's say yg entertainment in uh for their south korean promotions you know how that complicates their contracts and finances and things like that because this has happened before i mean this happened with kane daniel that's why he left his agency really because he basically one of the companies, he thought he was signing over certain rights to one company, but it actually let the company be able to transfer that signature on. So, like, basically he signed a contract that he didn't know applied to more agencies that that company had reached out to. So, basically, he was re- he was signing off for one company, but ended up getting, like, all of this, like, these events booked and all of this stuff expected of him out of the blue from this other company that apparently the contract also applied to. So it's a weird, messy legal territory when an artist is under, like, some of the same management, you know, some of the same people are on your team, no matter where you're promoting, but at the same time, you you have different uh, record companies working with you in the different countries. So that's just something to think about for the future of all of these groups. So it's uncharted territory, and it will be interesting to see where it goes, but... Anyway, well, you just hope for the best, you know, and it's a learning experience, I guess, for these companies, how to manage them that way, and hopefully they uh, treat them right. So, all right, let's get to some of the songs I was talking about. Let's start with Hero by Monsta X. Was Hero by Monsta X, followed by Playing With Fire by Blackpink, Love You and Rose by Eyes One, and Baby by The Rose. So, a little bit more of some not-so-great news before we get to the more uplifting stuff. So, um, what we do have to talk about, because it has just big implications, obviously, for the world, um, the latest big news update is about the coronavirus, and there is a lot to unpack there, but it is hard to overestimate the amount of money down the drain because a lot of k-pop shows are canceled this is really making the k-pop industry take a hit artists are canceling shows left and right and big festivals um around the world i mean nc dream had some shows in nct dream had some shows in japan that are canceled red velvet shows in japan are canceled uh soul fashion week as a whole was canceled uh you know there was talk about tokyo olympics uh being postponed or 
uh, canceled, but um, apparently they're like, no, we're full steam ahead now, so I don't know what's going on there, but there's talk of that, which is huge. Um, the Music Bank episode that was going to be live in Dubai has been canceled. The Fact Music Awards were canceled. The Head in the Clouds Festival was canceled. Uh, AT's some other venues they might not go through, they have to check because France recently banned for at least temporarily gatherings of 5,000 people or more. So either they're going to shrink the event or not have it in Paris. Uh, who else? Six canceled their USA tour. G-Idol canceled their USA tour. O&F canceled their Latin American tour. Uh, Taman canceled his solo concerts for March. Twice canceled the... Grand finale soul shows of their tour. TXT canceled their fan meet. BTS canceled some shows uh, that to start out the Map of the Soul World tour in Korea. Oh, the list goes on and on. And it's very, very, very disappointing. And it just continues to happen. I mean, every day I just see a bajillion more stories about events that got canceled. Um, because, and the, it's really... It's just really sad, and it is, um, you know, and it's causing issues with some artists as well because they, um, some of them, you know, were uh, made public appearances at Milan Fashion Week, and then they were um, having the coronavirus after going to Italy for Milan Fashion Week, or they are just being accused of, uh, you know, like needing to quarantine themselves, like Chunha, her uh, staff. It was rumored that someone on her staff caught coronavirus. She claimed that's not the case, but either way, she's in self-quarantine right now. So it's 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 really something. And this is the biggest reason why we have to talk about this, because it is just leading to this whole, this whole coronavirus worldwide has led to such, as it, well, as if it wasn't ex in existence before, but so much racism and xenophobia. Uh, there, I mean, around the world, really. I mean, their NPR did a really great piece about this, so I would recommend checking that out um, for more detail. But there are so many examples and stories of people in public um, who uh, are been told to go back to China or they're spreading diseases. I mean, so many overtly racist actions, especially in public, like in public transit, people have been harassed, there have been, you know, slurs hurled at them, it's gotten very, people give them weird looks, there's so much anti-Asian sentiment because of this coronavirus, and that is so concerning. I mean, so even around the world, like, even things like Chinese restaurants are taking a hit because people aren't coming. It's just, it's, it's, it is just so ridiculous to me, and, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I'm sure it's hard enough on a daily basis, um, to be Asian in this country. Um, so, gosh, to have that exacerbated by this virus is really disappointing. And then there, of course, are all these weird rumors because the primary outbreak of the coronavirus in South Korea, which currently has the most confirmed cases aside from China, is uh, a common spread, they think, is because of this group that's being called a cult. It's this religious group in South Korea where they pray in ver in a very jam-packed room, and they think someone went to a prayer service for this so-called cult. Um, I'm just saying so-called because they don't actually have, like, it on tape or anything, but it, sound it sounds like a cult. I don't I just don't know. But um, this cult-like group has been spreading this virus, basically, and uh, at their prayer meetings, and then they went out into the community and dispersed it, is what people think. Um, so... Uh, there have been all these, you know, tabloid rumors about stars um, in the K-pop world and who's involved in the cult, and it's all so silly and frustrating and just a negative reputation. Um, another thing the NPR piece pointed out was a lot of lack of bystander intervention. 
um, which is something else that needs to be addressed. Like, hello, let's hold ourselves accountable if we see someone um, being told to go back to China, defend them and say they deserve to be in America, too. And this is not just USA issues, too. I mean, even Canada, the the home of the, the most nice people, allegedly, um, over 10,000 people in Canada have signed this online petition to track and isolate Chinese Canadian students in schools so that they can get quarantined away from the rest of them. It's just terrible. People are really getting paranoid, and I get it. I'm a germaphobe, and in general, viruses are scary. And this one especially because it's so unpredictable and unprecedented. But the solution is not to fear people that you associate with the virus. There are layers of problems with assuming they have it. So please, just before you say or do anything, think about what you're saying and doing, and if it has any logical connection to the actual virus. If what you're about to say or do or how you're going to look at someone is really, like, does it have a direct correlation to the virus? Probably not, so please leave people alone, or if you see them not being left alone, say something. Um, And this is huge for the K-pop industry, and so that's my biggest concern, really, is how it's going to affect the industry, how it's going to um, affect perceptions of people from South Korea and people from Asia in general, because I hope there this trend of just this globalization of music as this universal language. I hope we don't lose sight of that and just put don't portray pe- musicians from any country specifically in a negative light. So we'll see. It's really it's really something. It's very unprecedented. So we'll see. It's really affecting a lot sales wise for them. So it'll be interesting what they do about that. Will they make their artists like tour a lot more in the second half of this year, or will they just you know, how do they make up for that lost profit, especially the companies who uh, have stock, you know, like public stock? Um, what do they, you know, it doesn't look good for your stockholders to have period, long period, long court, you know, if you have to report quarterly on your earnings, I just wonder how that's going to be affected and if they're going to hurry up people's tours the second half of the year or if that doesn't matter because this quarter it's like we get it, coronavirus stocks are down and then the next quarter it's different. I don't know. It's it's a whole thing to unpack. Maybe more in our in a more the finance themed discussion we could have in another date, but and it's really affecting the supply chain as well with album packages and deliveries. So it's really really taking a hit all over. Much of other worth noting is that it is changing the culture of rookie groups. So what happens as we talked about before is that uh, fandoms in K-pop are very like it's a, like a family. Like you get together with other fans, you have a joint fandom name and a fandom color. It's like you're on a team together. And so when you get to have interactions with like your idols from their group, it's a very very big deal because it's like a long lost cousin or something I don't know but it's a special moment and it's very familial and nice and just wonderful so but these events are really how you start to fall deeper into a fandom you know like once you've met a met a star if they're like oh my gosh they're the best and we had the best time with other fans you're more likely to stay in that fandom you've got this emotional connection and these emotional memories to that event You've attached a lot of meaning to that event, and it's very emotional, and so you're going to stick with that artist more, right? So a lot of K-pop rookie groups, that's why they disband after like a year or just not much. Like, they don't last very long if they can't get that momentum because they don't have those fan interactions. So fan meetings your first year as a K-pop group are hugely important if you want to build up that long-term fan base. And these rookie groups are missing out on opportunities for fan meets because they're getting canceled or, uh, you know, and some of the events that have gone on, you know, it's like 
no one touch each other, everyone sanitize. It's it's a whole thing. So it's just not the same. And so I wonder what they'll do about that. Um, I know that Momoland just, uh, did the very first ever in history online fan meeting. I'm not really sure how that worked. I guess it was like a live chat feature type of thing, and they like would digitally give you their autograph. I don't know how that worked, but it's it's interesting like what it'll hold for these rookie groups um, who can or cannot have fan meetings. And it's also interesting which acts are still on. Um, as far as I know, ATs is still coming to the USA. Uh, Everglow is still in the USA in a few weeks. One team is still coming here, but Six and G-Idol aren't. I don't know how they're choosing who comes and why certain ones haven't canceled yet, honestly. I don't know. It's weird. It's unpredictable. We'll probably have a lot more updates about this, but I just wanted to get that out there. The two big things were um, to call attention to anti-Asian sentiment and also just talk about what this means for smaller K-pop groups. So, um, but... If there is any bright side in this, which there really is, it's not really, I don't really like saying that at all, but if there's anything we could look at and think about this, well, at least that's good. It is what I'm about to talk about after I play some music from the artists I just talked about. And by Momoland, followed by Hala Hala by 80s. All right, so I promised that I would start talking about the little glimmer of hope in the coronavirus story. And that is that it is really bringing out the charitable nature of some people. So first of all, um, the BTS shows that were canceled in South Korea. Um, the money has not gone to waste. Uh, the refunds that the BTS army in South Korea got, um, they p pooled all of their refunds in a total of $355,000 um, under the name BTS or army or bulletproof boy scouts. Those three uh, names were used for a total of $355,000 going into coronavirus uh, defense funds and things like that and f paying for masks for people, etc. And so the uh, they, those were all donated by the army. That is wonderful. And so hopefully those are where more proceeds go for canceled events where people get the refunds as well. Um, other, other great um, stars have donated a lot of money, which is great. Um, there is this day in South Korea. I feel like we should in the USA be inspired by this. They have a day called Taxpayer Day where they recognize, quote, exemplary taxpayers. So basically, um, if you, you're not just like celebrated that day if you pay a certain amount of taxes, it's also based on how much you donate to charities. And so if you, the people with the largest contributions to charities and to help other communities get special awards on taxpayer day, um, which you shouldn't need an award incentive to be charitable, but it's it's still a great system, I think. And um, a few specifically get a special like presidential commendation. They say, including IU, who has donated a lot throughout her career um, to all sorts of causes, but specifically for the coronavirus, she's donated around well, 100 million won, which is about like 83 thousand dollars, as well as a bunch of anti-contamination clothing and masks. Um, she's also being recognized at the ceremony in general for spreading Korean culture around the world. Um, she's, yeah, she's just great. And a lot of artists are following in her footsteps, not with getting the award, but they're donating a lot of money and resources, and I appreciate that. Another um, artist we have to acknowledge is, so actually, um, fun fact, a lot of, not a lot of K-pop stars, but I guess a significant amount of older ones uh, buy property. So they own buildings and uh, sometimes the restaurants, sometimes they're just like rented out to different businesses, things like that. And so the singer Rain, he uh, runs this building. He has cut their rates for March by 50%. So everyone who lives in Rain's building 
gets a 50% discount of their like rate or the rent, sorry, the rent 50% rate cut um, on the rent payments to help them because, you know, people are not going to work because of the coronavirus, um, either because they were told to stay home or they just don't have a job or whatever, or they're sick themselves. So, uh, that's great. I just, yeah, I hope that spreads and people continue to, this brings out the best in people, uh, just in terms of looking out for each other and helping each other out financially and in whatever ways possible. Um, I have a last really fun, exciting, surprising, and weird, uh, quick update to share after uh, one more sun. So this is rain. Raining, a classic by rain. So, all right, my last quick story for you. Um, so this is a very big, this is some big personal news. So um, first of all, you know that feeling that you, when um, an artist you really like, their, their songs, like, you really like them, but then you, like, take some time away from listening to them, and then you, like, revisit their catalog, and it all feels fresh again, and it's like, wow, these are timeless bops. I'm in that mood a lot lately for EXO and NCT. So lately, it's been, like, all EXO and NCT music, and obviously, like, my other phase, but wow, like, I am in such an EXO and NCT mood lately, um, even more than usual. And so I didn't realize how much, but I got, um, Spotify sent me a message, and, you know, maybe this is just a marketing thing, but I'm pretty sure this is real. I've seen a few other people who've gotten it for different artists. Um, they're getting a notification if they are um, in the top 2% of, like, like the people who listen to the artist the most. Like, if you're in the top 2% of people listening to the artist the most. Um, and so I got that for XO! And, look, I know that's re that seems weird to be excited about, but come on, that's, like, it feels... So I think if these uh, these companies really need to, like, keep pushing that for their artists, honestly, because even if it's just like 5%, top 10%, I feel like they should do that um, for more artists marketing-wise and be smart because now I feel very invested. Like, oh my gosh, I got to keep listening to XO. I got to keep my title. This is exciting. Like the top 2% of the world out of like millions of Spotify followers and not even just followers, but like other people listen to XO and don't follow them on Spotify. So like, I'm, like, in the top 2% in the world? Oh, my gosh. And I don't know why I'm not for NCT. That is probably a mix-up. Oh, actually, I know why. I bet it's because the subunits. So NCT has all the subunits, so they each have a separate Spotify account. So I'm not listening to, like, just NCT the most because it's, like, it's not rated that way, you know? So it's because of the subunits. Oh, man. That'd be a cool title, though. But anyway, that is exciting. I don't know. I just think that's also a very smart marketing strategy. We've talked a lot about streaming getting so popular and an interesting new way to gauge uh, size and artist popularity and whatnot. So I just think that'd be a cool tool to have implemented more for more percents for more people. It'll be interesting. But yeah, so I'm going to try to keep my title. Um, and, I, and naturally I am anyway because I'm still in that mood where everything they uh, release feels fresh. So anyway, that is my exciting update. I just feel like a very proud XOL right now and an end citizen, but that's another story. So my last quick update, I know I, that was my last like main update, but I just do need to say real quick um, before anyone asks, yes, I've seen the Kick It video which was released before the NCT album drops on Friday. Um, obviously it is everything and more. Um, I will have to talk about it more then. I'm not sure if I'll make my NCT episode tomorrow or next week after I have more time to like digest the album. Um, I'm still recovering from watching the video. Um, when it premiered, it was very exciting. I was there like the moment it went live. 
it was just, it was really great. My fiance is in that band. He looks great as always. The platinum hair is back. We love to see it. It just is everything. So um, we're going to have to talk about that soon. Maybe wait till next week. We'll see. So yeah, so um, I'm going to definitely have to talk about NCT a lot more soon because like I said, I'm just really, yeah. I just, I feel defensive now. Like I need to go make sure I'm in the 2% for NCT too. Like for every subunit, I will be in the 2% for every NCT subunit. That's a good New Year's resolution. It's not too late for that, right? Anyway, so yeah, there was a whole bunch of news to get to. Thank you for uh, bearing with me. I know this was a really long show, um, and I'm sorry it started like 20 minutes late. It's a lot of tech issues, but I figured it out, and we made it work, so it's great. And so, um, yeah, I hope this was informative and interesting. Um, and tomorrow is a music video analysis episode, probably. I may, um, I have a few other ideas for what I might talk about, so we'll see. Maybe I'll mix it up. But yeah, I, if I decide to go with NCT, don't be surprised, but also I'm leaning towards doing a couple other artists. But we're going to dive into some music video universe very soon, so um, get ready for that. Um, 5 o'clock, I'll be back tomorrow night for that episode. Um, until then, just have a good one. Uh, wash your hands, um, be nice to people, and I uh, play some good music and uh, congratulate me on my title. Okay, I will see you all tomorrow. Have a good night. Uh, I'm going to close this out the show with EXO, obviously. This is Love Me Right.